Good morning, Cathedral. I want to open up reading from Psalm 66, the message version. It says, sing songs to the tune of His glory. Set glory to the rhythms of His praise. Say of God, we've never seen anything like Him. When your enemies see you in action, they slink off like scolded dogs. The whole earth falls to its knees. It worships you, sings to you. They can't stop enjoying your name and fame. Take a good look at God's wonders. They'll take your breath away. He converted sea to dry land. Travelers cross the river on foot. And then this is the best part, my favorite part. It says, now isn't that cause for a song? So if God has been so good to you that He's put a song in your heart, come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's get ready to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords together. Amen. Here we go. Woo. Let's get ready to worship Him. Give Him all the glory and praise that He deserves. Amen. the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors, He parted the raging sea, my God will hold the victory. Come on, let's sing it. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today. Shout out your praise There's joy in the house of the Lord Our God is surely in this place And we won't be quiet We'll shout out your praise Woo! We'll shout out your praise Yeah We sing We sing to the God who heals We sing to the God who saves we sing to the God who always makes a way, man. Because He hung up on that cross and He rose up from the grave. My God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy. Glory that you deserve. 
just shout out to God. Shout out to God. Come on. Say Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to worship. Angel Faith, we're so glad that you are here with us today. Whatever struggles, whatever problems the enemy has tried to throw at you throughout this, this week, we come here and we look to God and say that you fight for us. You'll never leave us. You win our battles. You make us royalty. So that's what we want to play today. I've tried so hard to see it. It took me so long to believe it. That you choose someone like me to carry your victory. Perfection could never earn it. You give what we don't deserve it. You take the broken things and you raise them to Crown me 
believe it, lift your voice of praise. We're going to declare the truth of the Word of God and make this personal. In just a moment, I'm going to read a scripture, and when I read it, I want you to respond by saying, Lord, you are my champion. Say that with me. Lord, you are my champion. I want you to receive that for whatever battles you're facing, whatever issues you're dealing with. Let's receive the word of the Lord together. And here's what it says. The Lord will march out like a champion and will triumph over the enemy. The Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you and to give you victory. The Lord will fight for you. If God be for us, who can be against us? The Lord says to you, fear not, for I'm with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's give him praise. Lord Jesus, you know every battle every person's facing in this room, online, around campus. You know that the enemy of doubt, the enemy of fear, the enemy of sickness, the enemy of debt, the enemy of conflict, the enemy out there of whatever form is defeated by you and your power because you are our champion. And Lord, in the same way that the children of Israel marched around the walls of Jericho and lifted up a shout to receive the victory in your name because you're the champion, we do that now for your glory. So when I count to three, whatever enemy or wall you're facing, I want you to say hallelujah to see that wall fall. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Let's give him praise. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, as you're being seated, turn to someone next to you and say, the Lord is your champion. Hello and happy Sunday. My name is Stephanie and I'd like to welcome each and every one of you to the Cathedral of Faith. If this is your first time, we're so glad that you are here today. We would love the opportunity to get to know you better and share a little bit about us. We have a card that's on the seat backs if you're in the sanctuary or if you're outside or in the drive-in, our ushers and greeters have them as well. You just scan the QR code or you can turn it over and fill it out digitally. But we're so glad that you are here and we pray that you enjoy your day. Next Sunday, June 11th. Can I do that over? Yeah, okay. of course. Hold on. Not the most important tool of all. Oh, geez. You act like I'm going to be here a while. Shout out to the cameraman who's pulling up a chair because I mess up so much. Next Sunday, June 11th, we have water baptism. If you are interested in taking that next step in your faith journey, please call the church office and speak to Pastor Shelley so she can get you all the information for next week. Attention parents, if you have a student kinder through fifth grade, Vacation Bible School is back. It's coming up on June 19th through the 23rd. Cost is $75 and you can sign up in the lobby. And we all know by the third week of June, we're all ready to send our kids somewhere. So make sure to reserve your child's spot today. The Stars and Stride Run is coming up. And this family-friendly event is happening Saturday, July 1st. You can sign up today in the tent in the amphitheater. And if you're thinking, oh, I'm not a runner or I'm not ready, don't worry, we've got you covered. Meet Pastor Romel every Saturday from now until race day, 9 o'clock in the amphitheater, and let's train together and get ready for the race. Our Ignite Marriage Conference is coming back September 22nd and 23rd here at Cathedral. A couple of new things. One, we'll have childcare available on Saturday, and Friday we will have Friday night music under the stars with dinner. 
Our guests include Dr. Gary Chapman, Andrew Stanley, George and Tondra Gregory, Christian and Adrian Dentley, and Chris Brown. No, not that Chris Brown. <laughs> Chris Brown. Well, that's all I have for today. Be sure to follow us on social media or check our website for the latest and greatest. I hope you have the most amazing week. Thank you, Stephanie. Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Isn't it a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord? For this is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, for great is our God, and greatly is He to be praised. And we have a lot to give God praise about. Just this past Wednesday night, we hosted a worldwide event with Dr. Ed Silvoso. Families all around the world gathered in their homes and we gathered on site. And Dr. Ed inspired us and challenged us. He empowered us with the Word of God to be the church, to live out the power of God and the love of God, not only in our homes, but to bless our neighbors and to bless our community. And I wanna say, Thank you, Dr. Ed and Harvest Evangelism. It was a powerful night. We bless you. And then Friday night, right here in our sanctuary, is the most exciting place in San Jose as we celebrated the graduating class of UPA seniors. Our, two, our 2023, we had our largest uh, graduating class ever. 116 graduates, some of them going to some of the top Universities in the nation like USC, UC Davis, Cal Poly, UCLA, and Cornell, and many more. So just want to give you a story. Some of you may not the story of why we host a public high school and junior high on our campus. Well, back in the early 2000s, we identified one of the big needs in our community was a quality public school education. Many of our families, many families in our community cannot afford to send their children to a private school. So we wanted to provide an awesome education experience. So myself, along with three uh, educators, dreamed about creating a school for all the families in Santa Clara County to create a place where every, each and every student would be prepared to enter and excel in the best colleges and universities in the nation. We opened our doors in 2006, and God has done exceedingly abundantly above our wildest dreams. U.S. News and World Report has ranked us consistently as one of the top public high schools in the nation. Some of the most prestigious universities have welcomed our students like Harvard, Princeton, MIT, UC Berkeley, NYU, just to name a few. And every week, there's 700 students that come to this campus to be blessed with an awesome education. We have like 500 people on the waiting list to get in. We gotta expand this school. But it takes the leadership, and I wanna acknowledge the school leadership. James Romero, please stand. He is the chairman of the board of UPA. Way to go, James. We're proud of you. We're proud of all of our students. Many of our students are the first in their family to get and go on to college, amen? amen? And every year we have an opportunity as Cathedral Faith to bless one of the UPA students with a Cathedral Faith scholarship that demonstrate the DNA of Cathedral. And this year we are proud to award to Malachi Ruth the Cathedral Faith Scholarship. Way to go, Malachi. We're proud of you. He's got an amazing story. Well, next week, we will be honoring all of our high school and college graduates. If you are graduating high school or college, please contact our youth department at the church during the week. We want to help celebrate and mark that moment. And since 2002, our church, we have awarded over $900,000 in scholarships for our up-and-coming youth. And every year, we sow a seed into the lives of our young people. Next week, we'll be receiving the offering on your way in. You may have received this envelope. Uh, we want to encourage you to pray over that and, and challenge you to go that extra mile to sow a seed in a young person's life here at Cathedral of Faith. So thank you to all the church family for helping us be a blessing to so many people in our community and around the world through your giving. There's easy ways to give, of course. You can give online, you can give through the app, or you can give on your way out to one of the ushers. But thank you so much. Can we just give God praise one more time for all that he's doing and all that he's yet to do? 
Well, please, uh, I want you to give a great big welcome to Demi Ray. She comes to minister to you as well as under the Lord.
give it up for our Youth Mind team. That really, we have a wonderful youth ministry and that really helps, helps to set the stage for what we'll be looking at in today's story. It's gr- so great to see everybody. God is good and all the time. So glad that you're here, whether you're here on site, uh, inside the building, outside in the amphitheater, those that are watching uh, from the drive-in, those that are watching online, thank you so much for joining with us. We are looking at this idea of the power of story, that Jesus knew about the power of story, and that's why he used it so often in his teaching. In fact, in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 4, it says this about the way Jesus taught, that Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught, he never taught without using parables. He knew the power of story to connect with human beings and while he would use that power of story to communicate powerful truth. And today, the story has to do, well, you saw it in the mime. It has to do with letting go. When you get bumped in life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't have to go looking for it. You don't have to go asking for it. But in some point in life, people are going to bump into you. They're going to say something or do something that wrongs you, that hurts you. And the question is, what do you do in those moments? What do you do when that happens? See, we live in a broken world among broken people. And you just, I mean, no matter, you can't create a space that's safe enough that will keep you from getting hurt during your time on earth. And so what we need to do is have a a better strategy, a coping strategy for what you do with those bumps in life. Because sometimes the people who bump you are the people who are closest to you. Hello! I saw this one comic and there's a marriage couple in for counseling and he says, oh, we don't keep scoring our marriage, Dr. Downs, but if we did, I'd be winning 212 to 137. Think that's the best strategy? What do you do with those bumps and bruises you pick up along the way? One of the disciples had an answer to this question. And he he says to Jesus, he says, Jesus, how often should I forgive others? Should I forgive them seven times? Now he thought that was the answer um, because Well, what he did is he took the religious teaching of the day. They taught that if somebody wrongs you, you could forgive them up to three times. Wrong me once, you're forgiven. Wrong me twice, you're forgiven. But three strikes and you're out. No more forgiveness for you. And so what Peter does, he wants to impress Jesus, so he takes that number three, he doubles it to six, and then he adds one on for good measure. And he says, Jesus, look at me. How many... You know, how many times should I forgive someone who wrongs me? Should I forgive them seven times? And Jesus stuns him when he says, not seven times, 77 times. What? 77 times? Look what Jesus does. In the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, there's a character by the name of Lamech. And this guy thought he was big and he was bad when it came to revenge. And so this is what was said that he said in Genesis chapter four. He said, if Cain is being avenged seven times, then Lamech, he'll be avenged 77 times. He was the avenger. He was the revenger. 77 times vengeance will come from Lamech. It's over-the-top revenge, and what Jesus does is he takes that number and turns it on its head. Instead of of having over-the-top revenge, he says, I want you to have over-the-top grace. That in essence, you never run out of mercy. You never run out of forgiveness. That forgiving isn't something you do as much as it's something you become. 
You become a forgiving person. And then he tells a story to drive this point home. And the story you find in Matthew 18, I invite you to stand with me, please, for the reading of this story. Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, now that's a lot of gold, 10,000 bags was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children, that they all had to be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. Are you kidding me? He canceled the debt? The guy had asked for the chance to pay it back. And this leader goes way over the top and says, I'm canceling the whole thing. Are you grateful today for God's amazing grace that overflows our lives, that cancels a debt we could never repay, amen? He got way more than he asked for, way more grace. Now, when that servant, the one who just got all this grace, when he went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. Sound familiar? But he refused. Come on, man. Would you say that with me? Come on, man. He had just been shown all this mercy, all this grace, and now he turns right around and he shows no mercy, no grace. What's going on here? Come on, man. What are you doing? Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Now, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt because of yours, because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Wow. Can we give God praise for the wisdom of the scriptures? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for meeting us, in this, meeting us in this moment. Thank you for your word, which is the guiding light for our lives. And I pray in these next few moments, God, when it comes to forgiveness, we're all on the journey. None of us are experts. I pray that you would help us to see what we need to see in ourselves, help us to hear what we need to hear from you, and that we would leave here changed. This week will be different because we've met you in this moment. That's our heart. That's our desire. Start with me. All God's people said amen. amen. Can we give God praise for his word? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want you to join me on a journey. If you're comfortable doing this, if you'll just put out your hand like you have a balloon in it, go ahead and do that. You don't have to paint your face. Just put your hand out. <laughs> now I want you to imagine doing this, letting go. That's a sermon. We can all go home. Somebody say amen to that. Now, I'm, I'm going to say a little bit more before we dismiss everyone. But before you're seated, tell somebody, I'm letting go. Go ahead. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. 
I'm letting go. Say it with me. I'm letting go. That's the big idea for today. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. <clears throat> now, those of you who have been around Cathedral a while, you know that every once in a while, I'll give cat people a hard time. But I have to admit that there's something about a kitten that is so cute. Would you look at this kitten that I saw? He's got his little paws up in the air, praising the Lord. I think this should be the cathedral mascot, that cat. When you see a cat like that, you just did it. Everybody said, oh, can we do that together? Oh, and yet I saw this article in the, the, nature, the Science of Us magazine, and they said 17 things we've learned about forgiveness. And one of the things they learned is this, cats never forgive. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> they've done research into different species, and what they found is that you know, a lot of species, when they'll have conflict, well, eventually they make their way back to each other and exhibit friendly behavior. They've seen it in gorillas. They've seen it in goats. They've seen it in hyenas. The only species they've never seen it in is when it comes to domestic cats. The cats never forgive. But I got to thinking, I got to thinking, what if cats are right? I mean, why should I forgive? You know, they don't deserve my forgiveness. If they scratch me, they don't deserve me to forgive them. I mean, why should I forgive? What if cats have it right? <laughs> but the answer Jesus gives in this story is the real key. I want to make sure you get your arms around this, that here we have a man who had been shown a lot of mercy and a lot of grace. But he doesn't give what he's received. He shows no mercy and no grace. And at the end of the story, where does he end up? He's in prison, being tormented. And that right there is the big why when it comes to forgiveness. Because... I've seen it happen. Unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, it locks you up. It'll torment your spirit. It'll torment your soul. Unforgiveness is like drinking a bottle of rat poison and, and then waiting for that other person to die. <laughs> It'll tear you up. When you forgive, you think, well, I'm doing them a favor, but really, really, you're doing yourself a favor. You're taking back your freedom. You know, Jesus once uh, gave two scriptures about forgiveness, and at first they seem like they contradict themselves, but they really end up complimenting themselves. In Luke chapter 17, he says, if your brother or sister sins against you, tell them they are wrong. Then if they turn away from their sins, if they repent, forgive them. And what Jesus knew is if you're going to have reconciliation, it takes two people. There has to be repentance for reconciliation to happen. But Jesus also knows that you can't control what other people do. And so he gives another scripture to make sure that his followers are free on the inside. And here in Mark 11, he says, and when you stand praying, forgive anyone you, uh, I'm sorry, when you stand praying, forgive anyone you have anything against, then your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. Jesus wants to make sure that you stay free. Even when other people don't stay, they're sorry. He wants to make sure that you stay free. And the wisdom of Jesus' words, I mean, we see it all around us. Physically, the benefit of forgiving, that if you hold on to bitterness and resentment and hostility, it increases your chance of having diabetes, it increases your chance of getting cancer, it doubles the chance of you having a stroke, it triples the chance of you having a heart attack. So I Stanford researchers have said this about forgiveness. In uh, Stanford, if we can bring that next still up. Yeah, keep going. 
there we go. There's an enormous physical cost to holding on to anger. And there is. So that's why just as much as uh, watching your diet or going to the gym or stopping that one pack a day habit, you know, making sure that you forgive other people. It's a way that you, well, you come out of that prison that locks you up. Another way that forgiveness, unforgiveness locks you up is socially. The Surgeon General came out recently with a statement about how the United States right now is in an epidemic of loneliness. And human beings were wired to connect. We're not wired to disconnect. We're wired to connect and to relate to one another. We're social creatures. And yet we have this great disconnect in our society. Now, one of the reasons it seems to me is that human beings, we are like porcupines. That we try to get close together, but we have sharp edges, and so we poke each other. And none of us like getting poked, so we move apart, but what happens then is we freeze to death. We keep our distance, but we're isolated, we're disconnected, and we freeze to death. So we're in this conundrum, what should we do? And part of the reason, part of the answer is found in forgiveness. That when you start to lean into grace and lean into mercy and forgive your fellow porcupines, what that does is it helps, it helps to heal the hurt that you don't deserve. And so we tap into the healing that God provides through forgiveness so our hearts can be healed and we can be willing to love again, to get close again. The world will still be a painful place, but it doesn't have to be a lonely place that human beings can thrive and flourish if we learn the secret of forgiveness. Now, I could go on and on with benefits of forgiveness, but really the, the big why, the big why, the most important why to me is found in this, that the importance, the why of forgiveness is I've, I need to give out what I need in return. That somehow what I give is connected to what I receive. And if I need mercy, if I need grace, this is why Jesus built it in the prayer that he taught us to pray. Right in the middle of that prayer, he says, forgive us our sins as, as, say that with me, as. We forgive those who sin against us. When we pray that prayer, we're asking Jesus to forgive, to treat our sin in the way that we're treating the sins of others. So if I'm showing no mercy, no grace, no forgiveness to them, then God's gonna say, well then, no grace, no mercy, no forgiveness for you. But if I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm leaning into God's goodness and I'm saying, God, help me, and I'm trying to show mercy and grace and forgiveness to others, then God says, you'll have all that you need. You'll have more than you need. I, I heard about a conversation between two men and these, the one man said, I, I never, when somebody wrongs me, I never forget and I never forgive. And his buddy said, then you better, you better make sure you never sin. because what I need and what I give are connected. And I was thinking how, how just from observation in my own life, how that connection we have with God. See, we're still God's children. God is still our father, we are still his children. We still approach him in the Lord's prayer, our father. That relationship is still intact. But the fellowship I have with God is what gets disrupted. And this line of fellowship, when I'm carrying around bitterness and, and anger, it just distorts that connection I have with God. And the relationship I have with God is the most important relationship in my life. So the question is, why would I ever let anybody and what they did mess this up for me? 
Instead, today's the day to take my power back and begin to forgive because when I do that, it's not just a blessing to them. I really want to do that for myself. I'm tired of being in prison. Can we give God praise? Amen. For how he helps us to find freedom. Lewis Meads in his book, Forgive and Forget, he says this. He says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Can you see yourself letting go, walking into freedom? You know, there's a, a film called, it was directed by Tyler Perry called The Diary of a Mad Black Woman. And watch this one scene and let it speak to your heart. A lot of wisdom here. You know, I know this man put a hurting on you, baby. But you got to forgive him. No matter what he done, you got to forgive him. Not for him, but for you. Forgive him for me. When somebody hurts you, they take power over you. You don't forgive them, they keeps the power. Forgive him, baby. And after you forgive him, forgive yourself. Well, a lot of wisdom there, yeah. If you join me one more time, just extend your hat out in front of you and can you see yourself, just let it go. This may be, we've seen why it's so important, but you may be wondering how. And really, when you look at your situation, it just seems like an impossible task. Like Mr. Potato Head up here, he's looking at these weights and he just doesn't see how am I gonna do that? And you look at your situation and are you gonna be able to forgive? And it seems impossible. Well, you know, this teaching of forgiveness, it's not an easy teaching. Jesus knew how hard it was. The disciples knew how hard it was. The disciples once said to Jesus, Jesus, we wanna do what you're telling us to do. We really do. But we just don't think we got it in us. And so they asked Jesus to increase their faith. And what Jesus does is he says, look, he's gonna encourage them. Just give me something to work with. Just give me something to work with. Now, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And then Jesus says this. Can we go to the next verse? If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, give me something to work with. Just a little bit of faith. And watch what I can do. And maybe that's where you're at. He said, can I just see no way? Just bring who you are and where you're at to God. Give God something to work with and Watch what can begin to happen. Here's three steps of faith to get you going. I'd encourage you to write them down or take a picture of them with your phone. The first one has to do with sending it packing. Send it packing. In the Old Testament, the priests were told in the book of Leviticus that they were to take a goat, they would place their hands on the head of that goat, and then they were to confess the sins of the people. And then the goat was to be taken to the wilderness and then given a big kick in the pants, never to be seen again. And it was a symbol that the sins of the people had been sent away. And in a sense, that's what we do when we make a decision to forgive. Always remember this, forgiveness is granted before it is felt. It's a decision that you make. But you make a decision, you take that wrong and you send it packing. Send it away. It's not excusing the wrong, it's not condoning the wrong, it's not ignoring the wrong. What was done to you was wrong and that's why it needs to be forgiven. But instead, it's recognizing that wrong and saying, look, I don't want that stuff in my spirit. I'm taking the wrong and sending it away. And if that, if that wrong finds its way back, and you know it'll try, right? That goat will try to come back into the, you know, back and remind you, this is what happened, this is what happened. What you do is you don't let it stay. 
You kick it in the pants and you send it away. You make a commitment. I'm not gonna keep bringing this up with the other person. I'm not gonna keep bringing it up with myself. And what you'll find over time is this, that once this forgiveness is granted and eventually the memory of what happened becomes a little weaker, the bite becomes a little less, and eventually the feelings of forgiveness follow up with the fact. What do you need to send away today? You've been holding on to it. Today's the day to send it packing. Here's the second thing that I would encourage you to do. The second thing has to do with refuse to strike back. Refuse to strike back. There was a, a little boy and his sister. They were seven and two and they were... Uh, in the other room and mom was in the kitchen and she heard the little boy scream and she goes running into the room and she said, what happened? And the boy said, she pulled my hair. And the mom says, well, you know, she didn't realize it hurt. So don't, don't get in a tizzy about it. She just didn't know. And so the mom leaves and she's not gone for 15 seconds. And now the little girl's screaming. So she goes back in and she says, what happened? And the little boy says, well, she knows now. <laughs> and isn't that what typically happens, right? You pull my hair, I pull your hair. You, you bump into me, I'll bump back into you. And we get stuck in this cycle of trying to get even. But here's the thing about trying to get even. I feel my pain more than I feel your pain. And so it's always hard to know where even is. And we get stuck in this cycle of violence until eventually we say enough is enough. I'm not going to play that game anymore. I'm taking my right to strike back and I'm surrendering to, to God. And I'll let God make things right in this situation because I trust God enough. God will. Romans chapter 12 says this. It says, don't try to get even, let God take revenge. In the scriptures, the Lord says, I am the one to take revenge and pay them back. We surrender our right to strike back to God. We make a decision to send that offense away. Not gonna hold on to it, we let it go. Then we give up our right to strike back. And then finally, now this is over the top. I want to warn you, uh, but you're cathedral courageous, so I'm going to put it out there anyway. Respond in the opposite spirit. See, it's one thing if you bump into me and I don't bump back into you. That's one level of response. But when you bump into me and I bless you back, that takes things to a whole new level. But the Bible says this in Romans chapter 12. It says, if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, give him a drink. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Yeah, isn't that a great, a great scripture to lean into today. I, there was some time ago, there was a leader in our community and he had said some very uh, mean things about me and about the church. And not only were they unkind, but they were inaccurate. It just stuff that should never have been said. And so to make matters worse, when I drove to, to work, I had to drive by where he worked every single day. And so at first, I wanted to, if he was hungry, I wanted to give him something to eat. I was going to give him a knuckle sandwich. How'd you like one of these, right? <laughs> but, you know, you know hey, I, I don't just preach this stuff. However imperfectly, I'm trying to live this out. And so I decided since I had to drive by his work, I'd just do a drive-by. <laughs> I would do a drive-by blessing. And I did. And I don't really know what happened to all those days I would pray and bless him. I'm not sure what it did for him. I know what it did for me. It kept me free on the inside. Because I know when I look in the mirror at night, I know 
I'm looking at a guy in the mirror who has needed a lot of grace in the past, who needs grace in the present, and I know I'm gonna need grace in the future. And so blessing, when you've been, somebody bumps into you and you find a way to bless them back, there's no power in that. Power to keep you free. In just a moment, we're gonna go to the Lord's table and, and we're gonna let go of stuff. And as we prepare to do that, take the elements, hold them in your hands, the worship team's gonna sing. Before we do, I want you to hear the director of that movie, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, he himself was abused as a child and wrestled with unforgiveness. Listen to his interview with our friend Joel Osteen and about the power of forgiveness in his life. Another important part of the story, jump back there a little bit because your father didn't yeah. treat you right, a lot yeah. of bitterness, anger. Can you tell about how something broke there when you? Yeah, what, what broke in the moment, if, if you wonder what happened, like from the time when I started doing these shows to the time when they started to take off, what broke in the moment? Well, here I was with this script about adult survivors of child abuse whose, whose parents had abused them, and the, the characters in the show that I had written from my own mind had forgiven their abusers but I hadn't forgiven my father. So one day we were on the phone before the show sold out, before everything changed, we were on the phone and I got a chance to just say everything that was on my mind because I wasn't the little boy anymore. I was a six foot six man and I wasn't afraid. And I started saying everything that I needed to say to him. And the things that came out of my mouth blew my mind, but at the end of it, what I heard was, I forgive you. I said, I forgive you to him. And something shifted in me, something shifted. Let me tell you something, forgiveness is so incredibly powerful. Forgiveness is not for the other person, it is for you. There are people living their lives who've done you wrong, they are happy walking down the street not even thinking about you, but there you are holding on to unforgiveness. When I forgave this man, I found myself trying to, I was lost for a second because my entire fuel was based on the negativity of not forgiving him. But once I forgave him, I had to find a way to find another source of fuel. So the negativity and all the darkness that I'd been through was the source. Now I needed a more positive source. Now I needed a good source, a pure source. It's like, it's like taking a car that runs on diesel and putting regular gasoline in it. And then all of a sudden you say drive and something's gonna go wrong. So you have to rework all the components inside of your mind to be able to understand how to function in positivity. So that shift for me was so incredible. Forgiveness did all of that for me, and the minute I did that, the minute I started to function and doing the right thing and being positive, I went from nobody coming to the show to not having enough seats for the people to get into the places. Wow. Amen. I want you to stand with me, please, everybody. Seti and the team, come on out. They're gonna lead us in a course, and as they do, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment in time. Continue to work deeply in our hearts. Show us if there's anyone that we need to forgive, if there's any bitterness or resentment that's just lurking around in our spirit, manifesting itself in lots of different ways, subtle ways. Just show us that, because today we want to leave here out of jail. We want to leave here fully free by the power of Jesus Christ. Seti, would you lead us?
face God, I need it every day It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change I don't want to abuse your grace God, I need it every day It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change I don't want to abuse your grace God, I need it every day It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change I don't want to abuse your grace God, I need it every day It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change your table we find you we find your presence we find your grace thank you for being so gracious to us we need your grace today and we extend that grace God to those who have wronged us today's the day we make a decision to forgive them of that wrong we send it away we let it go we give up our right to strike back and when it's appropriate Jesus show us how we can even bless them back to stay free in our spirit. Thank you for your presence and your grace that we find in you. Let's eat of the bread of Christ. And let's drink in, drink in the grace of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. And now I invite you to pray the prayer that it's the most important prayer you'll ever pray the Lord's Prayer. Can we say it together, everybody? Can we? Let's declare it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, God. Amen. God is good. And all the time. It feels good to be free. Amen. It feels good to be free. The words of Jesus set us free. A couple quick things. Uh, we'll be down here to pray with you and for you right after service. So if you have needs, you'd like to if you need somebody to talk to, our team will be down here. And then secondly, uh, I encourage you to go outside. Uh, if you haven't yet signed up for the Stars and Strides race, every year we, we put together a team from the church. I'll be out there. I signed up my grandson last week. He didn't know I signed him up. Now he has to forgive me for signing him up. So... But uh, yeah, we're going to run it together, so it's going to be a great time. And you know, I wanted to dismiss things a little bit differently. Let it go. Say that with me. Let it go. And I want you to see what you've done today. I'm going to, instead of letting it go inside, what do you say I take it outside? 
and let it go from the outside. Amen? Let's really let it go today. Here we go, Cathedral. Are you ready to let it go? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, stay free. Stay free in the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Let it go. See ya. Goodbye.